0: Welcome to C3 Church Tugger. You're about to hear a message from Pastor Garth Ball. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. Wow, thank you so much. Well, why don't we thank the whole creative team from these guys to all the guys up the back? Amazing. I thank you so much. Um, Just before you sit, I just think I I really, really hope you realize what you have. Uh, There is, in every church I've been around the world, uh, you know from Africa to the Middle East, uh, Australia, I'm yet to find a church with a well of the Holy Spirit as deep and as rich and as nourishing as this church. Uh, except for maybe C3 Nairobi. I better at least, at least throw us into the equation there. Uh, but, but sometimes I fear, sometimes when you're there in it every week, you take things for granted. And, you know, when I first started working at Oxford Falls... Uh, with Pastor Phil Pringle, I would sit in the staff meetings on Wednesday, uh, you know, three rows from Pastor Phil going, this is unbelievable. Uh, and then I will look at the people up the back who have been there for 25 years and they're sort of kicking back with their arms folded like this is just another staff meeting. Uh, but because it was fresh to me and, and new and, I, and, and when I noticed that, I thought, I never want to take this for granted. I never want to come to a staff meeting and go, this is just work. This is just Pastor Phil Pringle. This is, uh, and and I I learned that. And so I think as well, you know, I honestly could just not preach this morning and just have that worship continue and just let Pastor Phil and Julie lay hands on you. You know what uh, Pastor Phil and Julie carry is such a deep, rich sense of the Spirit of God. And if you're new to the things of God... Uh, anything that you'll glean from Pastor Phil and Julie is what I did is that there is much more to Christianity than just going through the motions. I think that's the reason that we're in Africa is that we were uh, uh, exposed to a couple who are so passionate about the deep things of God that you can't help but to just stay where you are. And if you're new to this church, dive in. Dive into the Holy Spirit. Dive into what God is doing here. You know, Pastor Phil Pringle in his book, Moving in the Spirit, says you can, it's, there's one thing to be in something and it's another thing to be about something. And, you know, for example, when Evan uh, is near the, the ocean, you will not stop him from being in that ocean. For me, uh, I would love to walk along the beach uh, and if it's really warm, I'll jump in, don't worry about that. But right now, way too cold. Way too cold. I, I put my toes in the other day. I thought, that, that, yeah, this is nice to walk along, but um, uh, maybe next time I'm here, it'll be a bit warmer. Evan, he just comes there, He's swimming. He'll do anything because he's in it. And the, the things of God are not to be about. They're not to just sit on the sidelines and observe. They're to be dived into and experienced with everything that you have. And uh, so I want to uh, just really thank Pastor Phil and Julie for everything they have done in my life. It's been uh, over half my life now that this church has been a central and pivotal part of my Christianity in my whole life. Um, I'm 35 now. Uh, I was 17 when I walked into the church. That's half my life ago. I was saved in Wyong High School, of all places. That's one of the, Tom, I don't know. You tell me. But I think that's one of the best things that's happened in that Wyong High School auditorium. (laughs) I don't know. It could be. But I don't know how much good stuff happens in that auditorium. But that was definitely a good a good thing and I was in that auditorium when Pastor Phil stood up the first time and said, Guys, there's some land across the river in Tugra. I think we can purchase it and go for it. And uh and I was from that minute I just thought, Wow, let's do that. I I was in church for like two years, but I just had something on the inside of me that thought that's a great idea. And so to see it and to see what this is and to now have the kids in there it's just Really, really amazing. And to see that same depth of God on every person here, you know. Um, my brother-in-laws are two of the most outstanding young men going around. You no know, one Evan gets up and shares, my gosh, he is more talented than I will ever be in my whole life, uh, this guy. He has a greater sense of God. Andrew preaching last week, if you missed that, that was outstanding. I haven't, you know, I love the way Andrew lets the Word of God just speak to you and he allows space for that. Um, you know, the whole team, on the whole worship team, uh, Evan is right, Jeff and Katie are superstars, without a doubt, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be experiencing, again, the depth of what's going on. I've got another deposit to take back to Nairobi, and so uh, I look forward to the next sort of, what do we got about? 35 minutes 30 minutes to unpack some of what I feel God wants to share with you this morning so why don't you close your eyes let's pray let's ask God to speak to us come on if you're really hungry you can even lift your hands to God I'm praying that something's going to be activated on the inside of you this morning uh, for exactly what Pastor Julie was saying to be part of the breakthrough that is right now that is here that is calm that is available that is ready it's not tomorrow it's not next week it's right here right now uh, that God wants to do something in your life, and so Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would stir something deep in our hearts, that as we sing that the best is yet to come, Lord, that we believe that, we see that, we uh, feel it in our spirit, that this nation uh, the best is yet to come for this nation, and lord we 'd ask that you would just fall upon this uh, last part of our gathering here this morning, that you would empower us that as we walk away from here this morning, Lord, we would not be uh, ill equipped for the week to come, but we would have such a deposit of you, a deposit of what you want us to walk into, so that we can go out and be a great blessing to all those that we come across this week, in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Why don't you take, uh, take your seat? Uh, firstly, a huge thank you for, as Pastor Phil said, everyone that that stands with us, uh, to enable us to do what we're doing in Nairobi. Uh, let me show you a few photos. I know I'm showing you nothing new because uh, you're our biggest fans and you show us uh, photos of us all the time, but that's our tent, that's our where we are, and, you know, it, it may not look like that much to you, but it is a lot to us because we started with 12 people in a lounge room with, uh, and when we, we left with our... 100 kilos of luggage at the airport, we we had no team members and so we didn't know what we were going into and so to be able to step out and, and watch God, you know, do what he does best and that is uh, be attracted to faith in his people, uh, it is, you know, really beautiful for us to see and um, actually I'm going to go back to that one in a second. What, what's the next one? So Uh, Yeah, that's our church. This is our guys uh, worshiping. We're there. We've got our screens. It's all coming together. And hold it on that one right there. Just as I finish talking about church, uh, every time I sort of try and share with people, it's really, really hard to share in a little introduction all that God's doing uh, in our midst. It's it's almost impossible, but. Just as here, you know, God does want, he's passionate, he, 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 we are exi- we're in existence because God wants to reach people and, you know, in that crowd you saw before, it's not just a religious service and we're continually telling people, don't turn up to this church if you just want to sit through a church service and call that Christianity. Because that is not what God saved us for. That is not what God designed us for. Being in church is wonderful. I'm going to mention a little bit about that in, in some time. But it doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't mean that you're living a great Christian life. It's just a great part of it. There is more to it. And and what's happening in our church is wonderful. You know, everywhere I look, I see stories of people just being healed, being uh, finding healing from past pain. You know, every coffee I have, I can't believe the stories people have of pain in their lives. Um, you know, maybe this can be edited out i don 't know, but i won 't mention names, but you know I had a coffee with a young man the other day who grew up in a slum and was raped as a young boy and carried that pain into his whole life and now he 's got the courage incredibly he 's feeling those pains surfacing and he 's just spending his services crying uh, he 's really letting God do a work in his heart around that and and I see that just the courage of people to allow God to really change their life, to really get involved in their life. And there is just story after story after story of people that have had similar experiences, uh, people that are encountering God in a meaningful way. And we're so, you know, blown away that God would uh, use us to be able to bring him to people just like you guys are doing here in this city. Uh, It's been, I wouldn't say it's all, it's been, we're having fun mostly. Uh, It's been a tough year, I'm going to be honest with you, it hasn't been easy Uh, There's been health challenges. There's been uh, uh, spiritual challenges. That whole pushing, getting in that tent, you know, it's not easy, is it, Pastor Phil? Getting into a tent? I thought, when I thought of the idea, downloaded the idea of a tent. I thought that'll be easy. Just put up a tent. Just put up a tent, Frank. It's easy. It's just put up a tent. It's easy. Uh, you know, five times the budget later and spiritual warfare later and, you know, stretching stretch your teams and your volunteer teams and a bigger space and all that later. Uh, you sort of go, oh my gosh, we did it and we just made it through, but we're there and we're ready for the next season. And so pray for us, please. Um, I would rather you give your love offering to this church. So please, I really appreciate that. But uh, I'd love to see this church just continue. When you're strong, we're strong. And we're believing with you that everything that uh, is happening, we so appreciate that everything you do to give, to pray, you know, having your prayer team, just being able to send emails when, th- when the heat gets high and say, guys, would you pray for us? It's really tough right now. Uh, we're so grateful for C3 Tugra. Without C3 Tugra, take away any other group of people that has helped us be where we are and we'd probably still be there. But take away C3 Tugra and none of it would be possible. So, huge thank you from us. Uh, I really wish I could. Uh, communicate more. If you're not on our update email, please let me know after the service. We send out emails to let you know what's happening to those who are standing with us and partnering with us. I wish I could call you all more individually. We've sort of been on the run hugely this year, so hope you can understand that. But um, we're doing it. And this, we're also, uh, I think some of you are aware that Jamie and I are the assistant regional directors for C3 East Africa and this is where we've got the privilege of seeing God not just working in our church but in churches all across East Africa. This is a group of under 35 next generation leaders where we did a training with recently and it's probably one of the most fruitful things we do as a, re- as a movement in that region all year. This is you know, a group that some in C3 Toronto. A team from C3 Toronto came. Uh, some of our guys are there. Uh, can I can I point any of them out, or is it too difficult? I think it's too difficult. But some of our Nairobi guys are there. Some of our great preachers, our great team leaders. Um, but this—it's exciting to see a next a, a new generation of Africans rising up. They're ready for something new. They're ready for something different. They're ready to bring a fresh, contemporary, uh, free expression of Christianity to people into a continent that is very religious and oppressed in the in, in the area of church life. And so that's a real privilege for us as well, seeing churches in Uganda planted, churches in Rwanda, Burundi, uh, all over the place. And so it's really exciting seeing what God's doing there. Uh, I wish I could continue talking, but I need to get on with some encouragement around... What I feel God wants to deposit in your life this morning, and that is in regards to this concept that the call of God, I, I, everywhere I go, I feel like I just talk about the call of God, your purpose, your, the reason that God's put you on the planet for, because it, it's so alive in me, it's what makes me tick. And let me read you a scripture from Ephesians 2, verse 10. Uh, this is the Passion Translation, and of course, you have the Passion Translation. Uh, you love it here, which is wonderful. It says this We have become His poetry. A recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given to each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. That's a really interesting point. If you're not joined to Jesus here this morning, I'm going to give you a chance to do that at the end. Because it is being joined to him, having your sin forgiven and having relationship with him that so much becomes available to you. I don't, if, if you think just becoming a Christian means that you can just live a boring life now and just go to church on Sundays, you probably, I don't know if you've met Jesus. Because once you meet him, it opens your whole existence to something that is bigger, grander, more fulfilling than anything you could ever do without him. And so it's only in him that Garth and Jamie could ever think about planning a church in Africa. It's only in him that you can dream big, that you can walk into all that God has for you. But it's in him. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. My goodness, and what an exciting adventure that is. Like that, that photo, um, Jonathan, yeah, of the other one I said I would come back to. Moments like this make you pinch yourself. This is uh, the founder of Watoto Church Uganda praying for us. And this is a church, you've heard of the children's choir, but what you haven't heard maybe is that the, where that children's choir came from is a, is a church of 33,000 people uh, in an in 11-location a church in Uganda and southern Sudan that is significantly changing that country. I have not seen another church like it. I have not seen a church that is influencing a whole nation in the way that Watoto Church in Uganda is influencing Uganda. And these have, Pastor Gary is a Canadian. He lived in Africa, and he started at the, this church in uh, Idi Amin's regime in Uganda in the 1980s absolutely unbelievable when everyone was saying get out of uganda he said no i feel god's calling me to go and plant a church in uganda and so that was a grace we wanted to tap into when we moved to africa to say hey what what can we do to do a church in east africa and so we've sort of been connecting with them we had one of their location pastors preach for us and we've been initiating relationship and we just happened to be in a church service because we were preaching at one of our c3 churches And to our surprise, they got us up and said they were in the middle of one of their offering. Pastor Phil, they're trying to raise, they raise a million dollars every year. And I said to my people, you should be thankful. You should be thankful. You, Pastor Phil's only raising thirty thousand dollars for this kids room. He's he's, this guy raises a million dollars U.S. every year. And they said. we want to expand our reach, sowing into kingdom things around. And this year we want to, that these, the pastors are here, they don't know it, but we want to uh, invest into C3 Nairobi as part of our miracle offering this year at Watoto Church. And, you know, it's really for us, we, after our tent project with a budget five times higher than we anticipated, that's really helpful, of course. Um, but it's not going to solve all our problems. What is a greater blessing for us is that, and so they got us up, Pastor Gary just happened to be there, laid hands on us, prayed for us. And honestly, that was after this big fight of getting into the tent. You know, our team were a little bit stretched by uh, having to set up earlier and having to do a little bit more work to get into a new place. And it was a bit tough. And I was like going, God, this is is really difficult. And then that happens, and you're standing on this place with a, a guy with that grace. For me, just having someone like that say, we're believing in you and you can do it, uh, was, is such a huge thing for us and I walked away going God you are good, God you are big Lord how do I end up here, how do I get from you know growing up in Narara uh, with you know no vision for my life with fear and anxiety that cripples my everyday existence to stepping out and being in a place like this and God working and, and, and when you step out and give God a go it will blow your mind that's what I'm trying to say in this introduction here um and, and my heart for people all around the world is that they would find the same sense of God purpose for their life. And so my prayer this morning is that something would shift in you, that you would find something on the inside of you this morning, that you would say, I was born on this planet on purpose, for a purpose, and it can be bigger and greater than anything I ever imagined. But I say this... Um, that how, people say this, how, how did you go to plant a church in Africa? And I really still don't have an answer because I've, what I really should say is, well, let's sit down for half a day and let me talk about so many moments in my life with you that led up to the point of us going to plant a church in Africa. It wasn't something that happened overnight. It was something that happened over 18 years from the moment I walked into this church and so while, while the answer to that question is a little bit complicated, the principle is simple. How, so let me rephrase it. How do you live the call of God, God on your life? Regardless of what age you are, regardless of what failures you've had in your life, regardless of how inadequate you feel, regardless of where you were, were brought, brought up or, or born, regardless of the family that you were brought, brought up in, regardless of anything that you think is a disqualifier for you, How can you live the God purpose that God has in you for you on the earth? Because let me say this, two things about that. It is both an opportunity and a responsibility that you walk in your God purpose. It is an opportunity. But sometimes I think we feel like it's an opportunity that we can give or take. Like leather seats in the car rather than the normal seats. Uh, You know, yeah, I'll take the car, but I might just leave that thing out. And we do that with our Christianity. Okay, I'll get Jesus, but... I don't think I'm going to actually live my life in a way that contributes to the earth in a way to bring the glory of Christ to lost people. And so, yes, it's an opportunity where you go, wow, God, this is so fun to be a part of. But it's much more than that. It's a responsibility on your life that God has placed and stewarded you with certain gifts, with certain talents, with a certain calling that you have the responsibility to walk into. So it's not an optional extra for you this morning. That's what I'm trying to say. You'll be more fulfilled you'll be more blessed than, than, than living a life just for yourself, but you also have a responsibility from God to do that. So how do you do that? How do, I, how do you walk into the future? This is what I would say to that. The call of God is right now, not later. And so take every next step saying yes to God with absolute conviction, giving it everything you have. That's how you walk in the call of God. You don't you don 't think about some of course there is this future element, but let me tell you if you focus too much on the future of your call of God, a few things can happen firstly you 're going to be discontent with the present right. if, you, if i'm always I, I, I learned even in this really difficult season recently where i've got where God showed me other dreams for the future and I really didn 't want to be in some of the current circumstances that I was in i I thought I stopped and God showed me that he says, he "Almost, I had this thing on the inside. Stop wishing your life away, Garth. Stop waiting for the future. Stop waiting for that thing down there that's bigger than what's currently happening." And I started getting content with now because there is so much beauty in now. I didn't. I, I pause. I don't want to reach, um, you know, seventy years old, eighty years old, and go, "Wow." I sort of don't. Life was a blur. I was always on this treadmill of just getting to the next thing. I want to enjoy right now. So you, so you'll enjoy right now if, uh, if you don't focus too much on what's ahead. If you're focusing too much on what's ahead, you might be discouraged about the future. If Pastor Phil and Julie said to me 10 years ago, Garth, I think we're going to send you to plant a church in Africa, I think it would have been too much. I would have gone, no, there's, uh, that's... that's uh, and, and you just resist. it. And some of you have a call of God and you, and you know it and you're running from it because you think you don't have what it takes because you think it's too big. Um, but forget about it. Don't forget it. Don't don't worry about that in the future. How big that is. What has God called you to right now, to make a difference? The other thing is that you might be you might be deceived into thinking that the future is guaranteed. I no longer feel entitled to my future. I no longer feel like God owes me my destiny. Um, and you might think that you can just sit down and do nothing now, and somehow magically you'll stumble upon something great later on. And that is absolutely never going to happen in all of your wildest dreams. There is no way you can sit down, do nothing, um, be lazy, criticize, not contribute, uh, just turn up church on Sunday, do absolutely nothing, and think that something's going to change in ten years' time that you're going to live the dream. It doesn't. That's delusion. I'm sorry. It's deceit. Almost. That's that's absolutely not how God works. Uh, and so, so my heart. I've I've often talked about. The future, but it's not about the future. It's about right now. What can you do right now? And I'm telling you, there is going to be a huge onslaught from hell to try and stop you from doing anything with your life right now. All of the enemy's resources will be absolutely thrown at the person who says, I want to make a difference for God on the earth right now. And I want to talk about today how we are not of those who shrink back, Uh, but we are those who move forward and that you have all that you need at your disposal to live for God right now, right here, right now. And because tomorrow is not guaranteed. So let's make the most of today. So uh, in the last 10 to 15 minutes, I'm going to flick through. We'll see how many points. I've got seven. We'll see how many we get through. They're short. Don't worry. Uh, We're not going to have an African church service here. We go for a long time in Africa. No, not in our church, but other churches, I tell you. That's the only reason our church is growing, because we go for an hour and a half, uh, not four hours. And people think, well, that's that looks good. So, um, okay. So, for me, if you're serious about the call of God on your life, go and study the life of Joseph, Genesis 37 to 50. It's not that long. 13 chapters, 13 intriguing chapters. Uh, For those of you who have been in church for a while, you will be familiar with the story. For those of you who are new, maybe not. The summary is Joseph gets a dream, and it's an interesting dream because he's going to be ruling his family, and he goes and tells his family that, and they don't appreciate it, and uh, they sell him into slavery. What's the next step? He goes into slavery in Egypt, and he's sold into Potiphar's house where he serves there uh, with everything that he has. Uh, Even amidst his faithfulness, Potiphar's wife uh, took a liking to him, falsely accused him of, of attempted rape. Potiphar throws him into jail. He's in jail interpreting dreams there. And somehow, somewhere along all the ups and downs of life, he finds himself living the dream that he originally had all those years ago. But it wasn't like he went from there to there. He went through all these moments of saying yes right now to what God was doing in his life. And if he didn't do that, he would never have lived the fulfillment of that dream. Are you with me? And so these are seven, this has been a huge inspiration in my life, Joseph's story, of how you walk out now. How do you live in the now that God has for you? So here's uh, a few thoughts. The first one is this, you need to decide to live for God. That might seem really simple, but as I mentioned before, a lot of people acknowledge God they might be happy that their sins are forgiven, but they haven't made a decision on the inside of their heart that they are available to live for God every waking moment of their life, that they would make decisions that honor God, that they would take steps guided by God, that they would hear God's voice, that they would have a relationship, a living and acting, active relationship with Him. Most, most people that I've come across, as I mentioned before, is think that Christianity is about sitting in church on Sunday. And, and I think I would, I, I don't know if this is okay, Pastor Phil, I would give you permission to walk out right now if, that's, if you're passionate about that. If you think that is what my, I, I can find, I, I'm passionate about living a Christianity that only involves sitting down on Sunday doing nothing and finding nothing else in my life. That is the definition of pain, torture and boredom for me. Uh, you may as well go down to the cafe down the road because you've got good coffee in Australia. We don't have that. Um, but if... You can find, if, you can, if, if something shifts in you today where you can say there is more, uh, then you'll go on the adventure of a lifetime. Jamie and I had the word yes in Swahili tattooed on our fingers before we left to Africa because we wanted a permanent, committed, intentional decision that we would say yes to each other, that we would say yes to God, and that we would say yes to Africa and anything that God has for us in the future, whatever that might be. And so the start of anything, any person experiencing the purpose of God in their life is having a resolute, unresolved, unconditional decision and commitment on the inside of them that they are going to live for God full-blown, 100%. Uh, Christianity is not for the the part-time person, the part-time believer or the, you know, whatever it is. It is for the person. I've been reading this book lately by an author who says that the word faith is actually not just about belief, The best word in a lot of instances in the Bible is allegiance, that it's pledging allegiance to a new master, a new worldview, a new way of thinking, a new way of living, not just saying, yes, he exists and this is it. It's saying, I'm turning from that old way of living, living for myself, living selfishly, living for this, and I'm pledging allegiance to a new way. That's the sort of life that God is calling us to. And so I was so blessed recently when one of our young men at C3 Nairobi, who is a great guy, his family live on the central coast, funnily enough. He spent eight years at Hillsong in Sydney. Uh, He was studying in Australia. He's a business guy. He's a really sharp guy, um, but he was pursuing wealth to the extreme. It was all about business. It was all about finance. And something as we've been talking about this has shifted in him and he's realized that there's more to life than money. There's more to life than just career. There's more to life than just living the standard American, Af- Australian dream, Nairobi dream. It's all around the world. My family, my life, my this. And he wrote out a new vision for his life. He gets up at 4 a.m. every day to do personal development, read books, listen to podcasts. 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. He's a sharp guy, but he's now changed that from reading the first thing in the morning from reading like you know all these motivational leadership guys to praying to reading the bible and his number one goal when he, for his for his um sorry 5 year future was to be 100% walking in the god purpose for his life. And when I saw that I thought that is awesome. You know, you'll do all this business stuff. You'll do that. That's wonderful because you know that your purpose on earth is to please god and to live for him. And so that's the first one. The second one is this. Be found in god's house. Joseph was found in houses. He was in the house of Potiphar. He was in the house of Pharaoh. He was found in the house. Our, the, the, the roadway to our destiny is to be found in God's house. And do you, do you know that the house of God is not just for people who are called to be pastors? It's not like, well, if you're called to ministry, then the house of God's important. But if I'm called to the marketplace, then it's sort of secondary absolutely not the house of god is like the 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 central gathering celebration point of all god's people whether they're called to ministry marketplace motherhood music whatever it might be whatever your context is the house of god is the place where god lives it says in Ephesians 2 this is the place together you are god's house where the where the spirit where god lives by his presence, by his spirit that god is on the gathered people of 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 his people, when the gathering happens, there God is. And what you'll find, you might be here this morning saying, I don't know what my purpose on the earth is. Well, that's okay, be found in the house. Because as you commit and walk in the, the general purposes of God on the earth, which is his house, which is the church, you'll find as you commit to his general purposes on the earth, he will reveal to you the specific purposes of his life, for your life. And so it's not like you, you, you cannot care about God's purposes on the earth and just care about your own. When you're committed to Him, when you're committed to His purposes on the earth, you'll find there will be a moment, a Sunday, like no other Sunday, where someone will say something or God, you'll see something in the Spirit or something will happen for you and you'll find out, wow, there is a specific purpose for my life. That happened to me at Presence Conference in 2006. It was just another conference I was going to to find God more and to, uh, you know, go deeper into Him when John Bevere was preaching on the stage and God said to me, I want you to do that. And that was the moment where I left my job teaching, where I left my my whole previous way of life and said, God is calling me to preach the gospel. And so, but that came after a whole lot of just normal days in church. For every life-changing day I've had in church, I've had 99 that are just pretty standard. And that's okay. Because there's something about consistency that attracts God. Moses was just doing another day tending the sheep when the burning bush appeared. Nothing special about that day except that God decided, I've seen that consistency. David was just tending the sheep like every other day when Samuel came into town and said, I need to anoint someone as king. God is attracted to those who are found consistently being about his purposes on the earth. And so... Uh, as you do that, I'm telling you, I'm expecting every service that I have in church that God is doing something supernatural in the life of someone. Yeah. That, you know, when Jamie was in Dubai once, God, she said to she saw a guy standing there and, and she had a word for him. And this, and this guy's a Christian. He's, we had no idea who he was, but Jamie had this word and it was, said something like, you've been faithful in the marketplace, but God now wants you to be faithful in a, in a ministry context. And we had no idea. This guy was the second in charge of an, Af- of an entrepreneur named Strive Masiyiwe. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a significant guy in Africa. I think he's Zimbabwean. Don't quote me on that. But, um, and this guy said, you know what? I've been, I've been thinking to leave that whole thing that I'm doing as the two I see to this world-changing entrepreneur. And I felt to go into this sphere to do this. And he quit his job the next day. He's probably the most successful person I've ever come across. And one word from God in the house changed his whole marketplace situation. So I'm expecting that people in businesses, that you should expect every time you turn up to church, something's going to change today. Something's going to happen. I'm going to meet with God today. I'm going to get a word today that's going to change the course of my week or my day or my, whatever it might be as you're found in the house of God. I've got to power through some of these. Three, trust what your leaders see on your life. Don't keep saying no to what your leaders ask of you and wonder why you're not walking in the God purpose for your life. (laughs) Um, Genesis, Joseph, it wasn't Joseph who ever positioned himself for the call of God on his life. Um, His brothers sold him into slavery. Then he got to Potiphar's house and and it says in Genesis 39.4, this pleased Potiphar, so, Potiphar soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household. So, Potiphar promoted him. Then he was in prison, and it says in Genesis 39, 22, long before uh, before long, the warden put Joseph in charge. So, it wasn't Joseph that appointed him the leader of the jail. The warden appointed him. Genesis forty-one forty-one. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge. Everywhere that Joseph walked into, he just said yes to what someone offered him. He just had this yes on the inside of him, everywhere he went, where, he's, where the person that had responsibility over him said, hey, I think you could do this. And he said, well, if you think I can, let's do it. Um, recently, some, my boss asked me to do two sessions for training to camera for C3 College Online, and I found that really intimidating because... It's one thing to preach in public, you know, like this, but you'll forget about this before long. And if so, if I stuff it up, it's like, whatever, they'll forget about it. Uh, but when it's on camera recorded, it's like, it's there to stay. And, and I said to my boss this, I said, oh, I really feel inadequate about that. But if you think I can, I'll do it. If you think I can, I'll do it. And he said to me, welcome to the next step of living permanently out of your comfort zone. And I thought that was a really good way of putting it. Just say yes, people. The yes man has been given a bad rap these days about, you know, in, in a good way, in a, for, for good reason at times. But God needs more yes people. When someone comes and says, hey, I think you can do that, don't bring out your excuse book and go, oh, no, but, uh, 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 no, I don't know why. Just say, well, if you think I can, Pastor Phil, I'm going to do it. Uh, and believe in it. when someone believes in you, believe in yourself. And, and step out and have a go. Fourth point, be fruitful when you do that. Be fruitful with what you have. Joseph, Genesis 39.2, the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. So he prospered in, in, the, in the slavery. 39.23, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So he prospered in the prison. Joseph named his second son Ephraim, for he said, God has made me fruitful in this land of my grief. Whatever you find yourself doing, do it well. Be fruitful in it. Don't don't tell me you want to start a church if you can't start a connect group. Don't, Don't tell me you're going to start a business if you can't tithe the small income that you've got right now. Because God wants to fall upon people that are ready for what he can handle. And so if your obedience in this season is the prerequisite for what God has in the next season, if you aren't faithful and obedient and ready right now, if, you're, if, you, if you haven't multiplied a connect group, don't come and tell Pastor Julie that you're ready to go and start a church. because you're not. Go and start a connect group, multiply that connect group, and then let's see what God does. All right, and so just be faithful and fruitful with what you do. Do it with everything that you have. It says Joseph succeed in everything that he did, not everything that he did do, not everything that he didn't do. You've got to be doing something for God to bless you. And so if you're not working, come and volunteer at church. That's what I say to my people because unemployment's like 50% in Nairobi. And so rather than sitting at home doing nothing and just waking up late and having no good habits, I say come and volunteer at church and let's see once you're moving, let's see what God has for you. Number five, your purpose is people, regardless of anything that you might be doing, as I mentioned before, the context for us all is going to be different. Andrew is a marketplace and ministry guy, but he's in the marketplace. There's a lot of people doing dual things. Some of you might be your main, most of you, hopefully, your main area of influence is somewhere out in the community. It's, It's in construction, it's in education, whatever it might be. The context is different for us all. The the, the main purpose behind every part of it is the same for all of us. It's about other people. It's not about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not about you. <laughs> not many of you wanted to do that. And, and a lot of you didn't receive it very well. Um, it's not all about you. It's, there's something bigger than you. The call of God for your life is bigger than you. It's not just about you getting the big house. I'm sorry to say, I hope you have a big house. I hope you have three of them. I hope that you're fully blessed and abundantly blessed so that you can be a blessing to others. But that's not your purpose. That's part of the enjoyment along the way. You are called to make a difference in the lives of people. Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20, you intended to harm me to his brothers, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could be the king and the boss. So I could be the man who's ruling the nation. So I could live my dream. No, no. He brought me to this position so that it could save the lives of many people. What are you living for? Are you living for you? Or are you ready to live to make a difference in the life of someone else? It's very silent in here, people. Are you sure this is a Pentecostal church still, Pastor Julie? (laughs) Number six, and this is my main one. If you're going to be really fruitful right now, you need to learn to walk in victory. You need to learn how to get control of your emotional world. And only you can do that. Someone prophesied over me as a young man. He said, you have great dominion on your life. And I said, thank you, Lord. I feel really important. And he said, but the hardest thing for you to take dominion over is going to be your own heart. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. Whatever. I'll just focus on the first part. But nearly every year of my life, up until now, has been focused on the second part, <laughs> taking dominion of my own heart. You don't need to worry about the thing necessarily if you worry about your own heart. You know, you should worship in church like you did after Pastor Julie got up, the very minute the music starts playing. As a mature Christian, we, we should be mature Christians you know, whenever Evan's just got a new son and he's so cute and and he has to be fed right now, is that right? Yeah. He can't feed himself. It would be foolish of us to expect Moses to feed himself. Evan's not saying there, stop crying seven week old, feed, just have something to eat. <laughs> he, he feeds him. But if Evan's still doing that as he grows up, something's going to be wrong. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Come on, are you with me? Do, you, do I make sense? Yeah. So If you're new here this morning and you felt inspired by Pastor Julie when she got up, that's good because what she's doing, she's feeding you. She's leading you into something. She's saying, come on, there is more. And you're being stirred up on the inside and it's great and it's good. She's not doing that so you keep coming to her for food the rest of your life. She's coming, she's doing that so you can grow and be able to know how to do that for yourself. So, so, if you're gonna, if you say here, Garth, I wanna plan a church, well, can you worship God on the first song on Sunday morning when you've had a terrible morning and you feel like hell? Of course, I have to do that nearly every Sunday. Because the enemy, the, the enemy's number one time to have a go at me is Sunday morning. Probably the same for every Christian, I dare say. Because if he can keep you contained on Sunday morning, he'll keep you contained every day of the week. But you need to figure out a way, how do I get over my anxiety? You know God cares about your problems. He does, absolutely. He cares about the smallest thing that is causing you grief. But at the same time, he's also building a worldwide redemption plan that is going to see the restoration of all the earth. He can multitask looking after your problems and fulfilling his purposes on the earth. And you're made in his image and have the same ability to do that. You can bring your, you can be having your problems and dealing with them, and living for the purposes of God at the same time. Yeah. You have that ability, right. but it's not going to take. If but if you let if you let your emotions dominate you, you'll have no chance of doing that. Right. What I've, I've done a lot of theological study recently, and this is one of the greatest things I've learned recently: that this is not a biblical posture for worship. <laughs> There's, ty- I'm not there. There is no one particular posture for worship. But this, for the full 30 minutes, is not it. And and the other thing I've learned is this, that God is not going to lift your hands up for you. You might think that you're like Moses on the mountaintop. Someone is going to come and lift my hands up for me. That is not going to happen. You need to make a decision to say, I feel like hell, my my health is failing, I'm full of anxiety and fear, but still I'm going to lift my hands to God. And you need to do that before the worship leader tells you to. Because you're not a baby anymore if you've been in church for more than sort of a few years. You shouldn't be at least. And so if you are, get some muscles. eat some, Learn how to feed yourself a little bit. And, and download some things. You know, anyway, I'm, I'm so out of time. But, but you've got to move past your past pain. From Genesis 43 to 50... Joseph wept heavily so many times. We read over that story and go, oh yeah, his brothers tried to murder him, sold him into slavery, he got over it, cool, easy. Can you imagine if that story happened today? Like there would be psychologists, um, medication, All oh, fair enough too, like that is a significantly traumatic childhood. And, and Joseph didn't just bury that, he continually allowed God to tell, when his brothers came into town, he had to leave the room to cry. Then he came back in. It says he wept so bitterly that his whole palace heard and started talking about it. That is serious emotional healing. So you need to deal with your past pain. It's not, in, and in fact, this is what I put on Facebook yesterday. Brokenness doesn't, brokenness doesn't disqualify you. It, but it can be the thing that qualifies you. Brokenness, when it's touched by God, becomes your story. When God reaches into your heart, those broken areas, and says, you know, I see that, I'm going to bring my healing touch to that, it becomes your story. But brokenness that has been untouched by God becomes your ceiling. You cannot move past the level of brokenness that is untouched by God in your life. So you need to get victory in your life. You need to learn how to walk in victory over your past. You need to learn to walk in victory over your emotions. You need to stop making excuses. I'm too busy. I'm too broken. I'm inadequate. I'm this. Whatever. You're the only person that can stop you walking in the call of God for your life. If you get out your excuse book and keep saying, oh, but oh, I'd love to do that, but uh, life's just not quite ready for me to do that right now. Life is never going to be ready for you to do that right any, at any point. Don't wait for your life to change before you do something great for God right now. Just do it. Figure out how to rise above it. He sets a table for you in the presence of your enemies, not aside from them. He, uh, he lifts you above your enemies, not away from them. So you've got to learn how to walk in this ten- tension of life not being perfect and you feeling so inadequate with the fact that when you are in Him, you have everything you need to fulfill the call of God on your life, which is beautiful. So lastly, seven, we can have um, whoever to come. Yes, Rach. Um, Seek God's face. Don't get so caught up on, uh, there's an old phrase when I came to church anyway, Pastor Phil, seek God's face, not God's hand. That was a beautiful phrase and I haven't heard it for like 15 years. But that is probably the best advice that you can have, young person. Don't worry about whether you can do great things for God, there is no shortage in the, in the area of um, God needing people to do things for Him. <laughs> there is way more work in God's kingdom than there are people to do it. Way more. So you don't need to worry about, oh, is there going to be opportunity for me? Yes. Absolutely, 100%. There is plenty of opportunity for you. What a great way that... Um, that Pharaoh described Joseph. He asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? How? What a great description. Oh man, I definitely don't think, I, I would say that about Evan, and I'm not even joking. I would say, Evan, man, I'm telling you, bro, I would say, who could find a man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? I would say that. Um, But what a great description to be able to have that about you. But that doesn't come. We don't hear the behind the scenes of Joseph's story. We just say, you know, in one verse, oh, two years later, Joseph was for God, but he was still in jail. That's a long two years to have in one verse. right? We don't see a lot of the... He's crying out in that time. We don't see his prayer life in that time. We don't see his worship life in that time. We don't see the pain that he's going through in that time. We don't see... That you know, you don't see Pastor Phil praying on his back deck all day for you personally by name. That I see when I stay in their house. You don't see the the, the 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 drawing near to God's face. For me, God could, and I feel quite free in saying that I would I would be most happy for God to take away every bit of fruitfulness in my life if He needed to, if I could still have His face. Choose His faith over His face over fruitfulness any day. Do you know God? Do you, do you know him? Do you know him like you used to? If you seek him and as you keep doing the things that I've mentioned today, you'll live the most extraordinary God life there is. So it's not it's not complicated to walk in the call of God, but it is difficult. Because it's hard to be found in the church when you don't want to go. When you wake up not wanting to go. It's hard to um, get control over our emotions. It's hard to focus on other people when we've lived our whole life focusing on ourselves. It's hard to be fruitful and give everything to the youth ministry, even though you're working a full-time job. That's hard. It's not easy. It's hard to say yes when your leader asks you to do something and you feel inadequate. But when you find his face, he has everything you need in his presence. In his presence, he has everything you need to do what he's called you to do. So I don't, I don't know what he's called you to do. Uh, for some of you anyway, I know some, but, uh, but I do know what it takes for you to do something now in the house of God, where you are. What are you going to do now? Tim McGrath, he might think that, oh, my best days are gone. No, the call of God's right now. The call of God is right now. doesn't matter how old we are. So I just want to encourage you with that. and I want to pray for you. Why don't we stand up? why don't you close your eyes and I want to give an opportunity to anyone in here. Like I said before, we can just keep that down a little bit for just a minute. Um, This is all available in Christ. It's not available in your motivational world or your own goodness. It's available in Him. And if you don't know Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that today. That you have an opportunity that the price is being paid when Jesus walked the earth, died on a cross, rose again for your sin to be taken away and for everything that would stop you from coming to God to be dealt with so that you can find Him, that you can be in Him, that you can have not just forgiveness of sin, not just righteousness in God, not just peace from God, not just joy in Him, but a great God purpose. And if that's you and you haven't asked Jesus into your life, you've never asked Jesus into your life, with every eye closed, this is between you and Him and I'm just going to know who I'm praying with. Would you just lift your hand where you are right now? Just lift your hand. You can put it back down straight after. I don't want to bring you out the front. I don't want to embarrass you, but I do want to make sure that in this moment you've invited God into your life in a more meaningful way. If that's you, just show me your hand really quickly and put it back down. Thank you. I see that. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else here this morning? Come on, God's got your number. Come on, He sees you this morning. You're not here on accident. Your heart might be beating. You might be a bit shy, but I'm telling you right now, you're just lifting your hand up as a sign to God, saying, here I am. Will be the greatest thing that you ever did. I did it 18 years ago and it changed my life. If that's you this morning, come on, I've only got another 15 seconds. Is that you? Can I see your hand this morning? If there's anyone else, is there anyone else? I'm believing that you're going to be connected to the love of God. It's a new day. It's a clean start. And you're going to walk in the fullness. You're going to walk out of here knowing that God is with you. God is for you. All your days. We're going to all pray this together. So if you were too shy to put your hand up, you can still make this a meaningful prayer to yourself. But let us all pray this together. Dear Jesus, Jesus. thank you for speaking to me today. Thank you that you walked the earth, died on a cross and rose again for me. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Set me free. Come to live in my heart all my days. Show me why you put me on the earth. I'm available to you. I just want to pray for the person that will raise their hand where they are, not even going to ask them to come out. Lord, I pray that you would fill them with your love. Lord, that you would touch their life. That a great assurance of your face smiling on them would be found. That it's a new day. It's a fresh start. The old is gone. A new day has come. Jesus' name. Now, each one of you right now, if you just want to be available right here, right now, just lift your hands to God. I'm going to pray for you. If you want to be available and just respond in your heart to the God purpose on your life, you don't need to worry about tomorrow. You don't need to worry about what problems you might face. It's okay. God's got you covered. He's got everything you need. Right here, right now, what are you going to do? Point one was decide to live for God. Lord, I thank you for every hand that's lifted in this place. Thank you that, as Pastor Julie said, that the breakthrough is here. It's happening. We're not waiting for it. We're not waiting for Awakening 2019 or 2020. We're we're, we're here right now on the central coast of Australia, ready to reach the earth with the good news of Jesus Christ, to make a difference for other people. Lord, I pray that you would activate on the inside of people here in this place. Lord, the call of God, a God purpose. Lord, something of significance on the inside of them. Lord, I pray that you would lift their eyes. From their problems, that you would lift their eyes from themselves, that you would lift their eyes from everything that's not right in, in life, everything that's potentially problematic in life. And God, you would let us know that our, in our brokenness you can use us. In our inadequacy, you can move through us. Lord, that you are more than able to do what you started in our lives. Oh, God, I pray. God, I pray. In Jesus' name. you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.